Hey y'all, we're back. <laughs> new time, new day, all that fun stuff. I'm CJ Peterson. This is author Michael Scott Clifton. Hey, well, um, how is everybody? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's like, hey, it's one o'clock. And I'm like, oh crap, we got to get online. <laughs> so just trying to figure out the new year for y'all. We got some great stuff lined up. I'm pretty excited about it. How was your holidays, Mr. Mike? Well, I, uh, with the exception of COVID, that was, it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I caught COVID and uh, we had a family-less Christmas. Oh, uh, no. So, yeah. So, uh, yep. It's going to be our grandson's first Christmas with us. And we had to postpone all that. My wife caught it too. So, we're feeling a lot better. So, uh, we're on the upswing. So, um, uh, very uh, thankful that we just had a mild case of it. That's good, though. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, let me see what ours was like. Super busy. Um, you know, we didn't have the. Um, oh, this is not working. We didn't have Book World on the second week of November because we went on a cruise, and it was quite honestly probably the worst cruise we've had in thirty years. <laughs> Uh oh. I am not kidding. It was like a comedy of errors 101. Like I could write the book, but I don't necessarily know if people would believe me. One really kind we'll just do an example. They had three shows that week, which is great. Um, the first one was called Flick, where they did like different themes from different shows. One of them, they did the theme to Titanic, and I turned to my husband and said, isn't that a bad omen to do the theme of Titanic on a cruise ship? I am not kidding when I tell you that we pulled into port the next morning and we couldn't get off the ship for a few hours because there was, quote, an unquote, an announcement that came across that said there's a leak on deck zero. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Oh, wow. I knew they should not have done that. And so, yeah, that was just, like I said, comedy of errors 101. It was, it was pretty interesting. Um, and then we came home to family Christmas. Um, we got off the ship on the 18th, and that's when we did our celebrated our family Christmas with the family in Conroe. And then Trevor and I had actually a nice, quiet Christmas. He was pretty sweet. Um, I'm very bad at Christmas. Um, I sneak. I cannot handle surprises, so I, I want them now. So over the course of the last month, he's been giving me stuff. So what he did is Christmas Eve night after I went to sleep, he went and found everything. And wrapped it all up so I had something to open on Christmas morning. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, I thought it was very sweet of yeah. him. Well, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate our Christmas January the eighth. So two weeks later, little a uh, little later, but still, we're, we're gonna try to have it. So uh, better late than never, as the saying goes. Exactly. Good deal. Well, I know that um, today we are talking planner versus pantser. Now, this is close to my heart as a poster child pantser. <laughs> so allow me to explain what these two topics mean. Okay. A lot of writers usually write one of, we'll say three ways, because I think you're the third. The first is what's called a planner. I have many friends, author friends who are planners. They give me hives, like character <laughs> arcs and post-it notes and outlines and all that gives me hives i cannot do that then there's the pantser which is me i literally sit down pray and type 
how it comes out is how it comes out and somehow god makes it all flow together so it mm -hmm. works for me and then there's of course the hybrid which is kind of a little bit of both some people have like a general direction um there is somebody who is actually worse than me at being a pantser a friend of mine author david Baylog, actually does it to the nth degree he not only <laughs> sits down and writes he writes his chapters out of order oh really i don't know how he does it <laughs> he somehow writes it out of order and he's a pantser so i i that's mm -hmm. like the nth degree but this is a question i always love asking authors so mike are you a planner or a pantser i am quite definitely a pantser uh ah. like poster I, child like me or no i i uh uh tend to drift a little bit more to the hybrid side. Uh, the, uh, you know, you have to have a beginning point and ending point. You have to have that firmly in your mind. Uh, my first book, as you know, is a treasure hunt club. Mm -hmm. And I thought I written what I thought was a killer ending to it. So I thought, you know what? I'll just write backwards. So kind of like your friend, what I did oh, is no. I started with the second to last chapter than the chapter before that, I got about halfway and decided that uh, uh, this was not an easy thing to do and I would never do it again. And from that point on, I've just let, kind of like you, let my instincts go. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just, you write as the inspiration hits you. Although I don't think that, uh, and I think you agree with this, that you do have to have some idea of, what your overall story is about, who your characters are, but you don't want to be limited by uh, by time or circumstance because you've already plotted out this uh, magnificent story arch with characters and you know descriptions. And then when you get a maybe a better idea, well, I can't use it now. I'm in too deep, and uh, and that's kind of the way I I flow. So. Uh, well, I, I, I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey than you are in that area. Um, I have literally like a general one or two line for the entire series. <laughs> and I have a main character. And as the characters get added, I just keep a running tally of who they are, what they look like. And for example, in the sci-fi one, what their abilities are. And I never know how the books are going to end, um, which is great. I never know how the series is going to end. Um, until I until I type that last word, and like I said, it all right. flows together. I I'm sincerely loosey goosey. Uh, I tend to get ideas from songs. Hmm. Like I hmm. hear a song and it goes in my playlist because I am OCD and ADD. Um, I keep the playlist the same so that I my ADD allows me to tune the rest of the world out. Um, but the OCD in me. I'm one of those people like I'll write until I can't write anymore and then I'll read the last chapter and then I'll go forward. That's the OCD mm -hmm. in me. And I try to make sure I'm one of those that, you know, I'll, I'll re-edit what I wrote before I do the final edits. And some people sure. don't, don't do that either. Some people are <clears> like, no, I just write it and then I'll edit when I'm all done. I don't, I tend to edit as I go. Hmm. It's well, that's the OCD in me. <laughs> well, speaking for people who are, planners because I've, mm -hmm. I've known quite a few and you of course as well uh there is uh 
there is a method to what they do and there are definite advantages to being a planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would, it seems to me the people I've talked to, they do most of their work up front. Mm-hmm. And again, they've, I've seen them with a wall in front of their computer that they have charted every character, yes. uh, each step of how the plot or the, uh, the storyline plays out. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, you simply have to, you know, follow the directions. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it does take a lot of work. I have to admit, I, I would imagine it takes quite a bit of work to get to that point where you can actually have that story in front of you written out and plotted out, which, again, would make it a lot easier uh, if you're writing because you've got your outline right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. The, the weakness, I think, or the problem that I, I won't say weakness, because, again, there's a lot of great authors that plan books that are, turn out to be fabulous that are planners. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have is my imagination, and it sounds a little bit like you're the same way, CJ. My imagination is always running at full mm-hmm. tilt. Yep. So when I come across a scene or a character, or, or I'm writing a, a you know part of the story, and I think my mind goes maybe off at a tangent or something like that, and something comes up, and it's like you have this aha moment. You know, this might be better than what I was thinking before. This will add to it. And I found out, again, hard lesson with the Treasure Hunt Club, which, again, I started writing backwards, which don't, if you're an author and you start on, don't, <laughs> don't ever, do, ever that. do that. Don't, no, <laughs> save yourself the time and exasperation. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. But you were locked in. Now, mm-hmm. I think it's still going to be a good story, but the point was I couldn't really change it. And mm-hmm. that was a hard lesson to learn because Otherwise, I'd have to go back and change half of what I've already written, and I'm not going to do that. Some authors might, but I won't. So I want to leave the canvas somewhat blank as you go along so that when you get a better idea or an improvement Mm -hmm. on your story, you have that option. Mm -hmm. But it is harder. I will say that. It does, for me anyway, it, it, it takes longer to work through all of that than it would if I had an organized uh, outline that I could follow from chapter one to last chapter. I, I think it would take me longer the other way. Um, Aaron Zook, another author friend of mine, and I did a team group one year We where he was using the teens to help write this book. Phenomenal author, great books. You have the chance to check him out too. Um, and what he did was, He's a planner to the nth degree, kind of like Jane and Morrow, kind mm-hmm. of up there in, in that level. And wow. he had sent me character arcs of all the characters. And so I went in there and the kids were still trying to figure out the difference at that point between a planner and a pantser. I printed out his 21 pages of character arcs. And then I planted out my three pages and I went in and I put them down in front of each other and I said, these are the character arcs for one book. However, these three pages are the characters for 12 books. That's my notes for all 12 books. And they just looked at me and they're like, and I said, the only reason it's three pages, I said, is because I'm dealing with (laughs) firehouse crews. I'm dealing with, (laughs) you know, angels from all over the world. I said, that's the only reason why there's that many pages. Normally it's maybe one page. Like for example, the Sands of Time trilogy I just did, 
it's been through all three books. It's been off and on about a page, page and a half of notes. That's it. Well, there, there's a couple of things that you pitfalls, things to watch out for, whether you're a planner or a pantser. Mm -hmm. One of the things, and I make this as a general statement, and it is not a general commentary on the quality of authors that are quite organized who are planners, but I have found that with some authors anyway that are very well organized, their, their books, even if they're a different series or a different topic, tend to drift toward being formulaic. Mm -hmm. And it's quicker and easier to write those books, but the originality in them is somewhat lacking at times. And that's mm -hmm. not to say, again, that, uh, that that is always the case or even the case most of the time. I'm simply pointing out that is a pitfall of when you fall into that, you know, those, that step-by-step uh, -step planning. Yes, it's easier to write the books because you've got all the work up front, although in your case, as you said, it maybe not so much. But I have found nope. that with some authors, uh, with some books, mm -hmm. that they, you know, it's like, okay, I've read the first book, and then I read the second book, and the second book, you know, this reminds me a lot of the first book. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe a scene's changed, but the characters look alike, you know, mm -hmm. or the characters From a different, different series, either a standalone yeah, or yes, another. Yeah. Right, right. It, it just, it, it's, you know, it's like I've seen this before. It's vaguely familiar. Uh, and the, the problem with, and I say this, I can say this personally for me as a, as a pantser, is you have to be careful when you're letting your imagination uh, take you in your story that you're consistent with what you've written before. To me, I found that's the hardest part of writing as a, quote, pantser, unquote, is, yeah, the great ideas may be fab fabulous, but if they don't jive with what you've already got down on paper, it can become confusing and disjointed. Mm -hmm. I do have fun being a pantser, though, because I've had some characters where I wasn't intending them to be sure, in the yeah. mainstream that right. just their their voices went loud and they just demanded <clears throat> that, no, I'm, I'm staying. You can't kill me off. <laughs> so, you know, it gets fun. I like the flexibility of having a lot of flexible storylines. Um, I like the fact that I never know how the book's going to end. Mm -hmm. um, I write mine as if I'm watching a movie. And so this is where the ADD kicks in, where if it, the scene is boring, I'll pull it out. Mine are kind of like watching a Michael Bay movie where they're like <laughs> high energy all the way through. That's the way mine are. And they they just don't stop. Nothing wrong with a fast end. moving. Nothing wrong with a fast moving story. No, those are and my favorite so, kind. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times what I'll do is I like, especially when describing the people, I'll go to Dreams Time, for example, and I'll pull the people off, and they're part of. Usually on the cover, you're going to see a lot of like, for example, a pointed time. These guys are from Dreams Time, and these are the four main kids and so it's like i'm able to find the person and that helps me to picture it as well and so for this is the first time i've done this what i did in the beginning is i took all the pictures that of course i bought from dreams time but i put them in collages so people could actually see what the characters look like hmm. 
And so that helped out immensely. Um, as I said before, sometimes I will get an idea of a scene from a song. And so that song will be continued playing, especially if I'm writing that scene. My husband knows if, I, if I'm that intense and my computer's going clackety clackety, he doesn't talk to me till it's done. <laughs> because that song is then playing continuously in my head till that particular scene is done. Well, one of the things you mentioned, which I thought was interesting, uh, is you say that you may have a minor character that ends up being somewhat more important than you originally planned. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I, I quite understand that. And that's what happens when you have that flexibility as a pantser. So mm -hmm. uh, have you had many of your minor characters turn into more major characters in your books? Yeah, some of them are like, I don't want to die. You can't kill me off. I'm known as a literary assassin. So they're, they're just like, nope, you can't kill me off. I'm staying. I was only planning on them being on one adventure. And they're like, nope, I'm joining the team. And you can't stop me. And so I'm like, okay. You know, what's the slight difference between a crazy person and an author is that very thin line. <laughs> you know, we get ours out of our head. And so, yeah, sometimes they'll take over and they'll be like, nope, I I'm staying. I'm not I've going had, anywhere. And those uh, those minor characters can turn out to be important characters mm -hmm. that have their own story in later books as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I've I have a recurring minor character in several of my standalone books who is uh, sort of an eccentric shop owner that introduces you know I write of course fantasy science fiction that kind of introduces the story. It's kind of the go between almost mm -hmm. like uh you know uh uh the gatekeeper so to speak but i didn't plan it that way but he was so interesting from the first book i thought well i'm going to use him for these others and so it's kind of how that segue sometimes you know a minor character can become if not an important character i mean if not a major character one that's important to maybe not only that book, but any future books you may end up writing, any stories you may write. Yeah, I mean, when I originally wrote the the trilogy, the um, the Holy Flame trilogy, which is the first trilogy that I wrote, I never occurred to me to have those characters in different books. But now um, there's third. Wait, let's see, one, two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen books where the characters actually cross over storylines. Wow. Now that's not now I stopped those after Christmas Angels, but and the Sands of Time trilogy are a whole new set of people. But for almost nine years, nine or ten years, these characters are a part of my life. And you got like a different part of a character's storyline. They might not have been major in this particular series, but they may be major in a different part of another series. And so that was kind of a, a cool spin on it. People like read it and they're like, oh, I remember that character. So it's kind of like your segue character. You didn't intend it to happen, but it's like a happy accident. Right. And that, that's part of the beauty of, you know, being somewhat flexible. Whereas if I was locked in, I hate being locked in. I'm a free person. I'm a free spirit. I hate being locked in. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a, again, that I'm a fine balance of OCD and ADD. So like I have a calendar, but there's a little bit of freedom regarding the calendar as long as there's some hard and fasts and then there are some, you know, flexibility points. Now, what does this mean for the reader, though? The whole uh, planner versus pantser. 
I think it uh, depends on what they like to read and the style in which they like to read. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think it always comes down to the story. A good story is a good story, whether it was done by someone who's a planner, quote unquote, or a pantser, mm -hmm. quote unquote. I think it comes down to the story. Now, you know, I mentioned that sometimes we can tend to, you know, if you do, if you're a very organized planner, et cetera, sometimes books can tend to be a little bit formulaic, but readers may expect that. They like the characters. They like the storyline and they like, they don't want the story to end at book one or even book two. They want to see that continue. And even if it's not part of a series, but part of standalone books, you know, and, uh, and prop that's probably more common than what we think, because if you read, for example, fantasy, science fiction or romance you're looking for science fiction fantasy and romance you're looking for characters that uh that fulfill those expectations and you're looking mm -hmm. for a story that does the same way so um but i i still think it, it comes down to the quality of the story a good mm -hmm. story and then one of the one of the people that we're going to interview in january caleb Pertle, who i mm -hmm. have an utmost respect for he's I've heard him say several times, uh, commented when I've been a little bit exasperated or frustrated, he says, Mike, it always comes down to the story. A mm -hmm. good story will carry itself. You can fix all the rest of the problems mm -hmm. if you have a good story. Right. Now, here's here's the difference between, you know, like us and Caleb, and we'll talk about this when we have Caleb on, is that we don't do historical fiction. Historical fiction takes a lot of research, so you mm -hmm. really cannot be a pantser when it comes to good historical fiction. You gotta gather that research first. You can't just sit down and write. There's there's some research involved in some of that. And there's yep. a little bit of research involved in some of you know, what we do too. I'm dealing with military, firefighting, um, police, FBI. So there is some research in and out of there that you gotta do. But I tend to find pantsers get books out just a little bit faster mm -hmm. than the planners do as well. So that's something to consider, too. I haven't really thought about uh, what you said about historical fiction. You, you do have to do uh, you do have to do research and it would tend to be a little bit more organized, you know, along the planner stage. Uh, because you can't point. change history. That's you can change point. your future. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're writing like science fiction or fantasy, you're not bound by the rules and sure. the history that's already happened. And of course, if you're writing nonfiction, mm -hmm. uh, that's probably doubly so, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but Yeah. But when you're dealing with like historical fiction, like you said, yeah. nonfiction, you've got to have those facts down right. There are some things you cannot change. You cannot change the Revolutionary War and when it was. You cannot change the Spanish influenza and when it hit. Right. That's you know, a good you point. You can't change when the Hindenburg went down or when the A-bomb was dropped. You cannot change that stuff. Now, having said that, I do have a book that's coming up in the future that has to do with time hopping. And so while this stuff is still going on, you do have some flexibility within the lives themselves of the characters. And that gives you a little bit of flexibility, but you've got to get those facts down first. Well, I was going to say alternative history has really been popular the last several years as well, mm -hmm. uh, which of course is fiction uh, based on alternate history and mm -hmm. uh, alternate uh, realities. Right. 
Um, but uh, uh, that's again, that's that's a good point. I don't know that with me that I could get uh, a book out faster than someone's a planner. I would think it takes me. I could probably produce a book faster if I was more organized and more like a planner. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I probably could get a book out faster, but uh, uh, I think it depends on the level of a pantser that you are. For example, I wrote the Sands of Time trilogy. I wrote the books themselves within two months, and then all three of them. And then I had I had I could only send the first two to the editor in July. And then when my husband read book one, normally I do like three to six month splits between the books. He says you cannot do that. So. <laughs> I had to bump up the timeline a little bit and get stuff hmm. done. But um, yeah, I've got all three and all three will be published by January 25th wow. is when the third one's getting wow. published. So when I did the Grace Restored series, my husband read the first book and said, you can't keep doing this to people. I did five books in one year. Wow. Start to finish writing, start to finish in one year. Well, CJ, I'm a book, maybe two a year. That's, that's my, uh, <laughs> That's my tortoise speed. Yeah, I'm about a book or two. If I can get two books out in a year, I'd be pretty happy. But at least, you know, it's it's usually one to two. So that's how. So you may be right. It, uh, you know, it takes longer. So yeah. Uh, but so. there's a lot of times, like my Divine Legacy series. Like I said, I like to do three to six month splits. I like to do one or two a year, but it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes they need the whole goal. To right. fall in love with the characters, you know, you never know because you don't want to leave too much time between them, otherwise, they're going to forget what's going on, sure, sure. or they'll lose interest in the storyline. Right. So, it's a lot of times when you're writing series, is you want to get them out a little bit quicker. Well, people want a full if if pe- people want to a, a full set of books, mm-hmm. if you've got a series, they want the full series, they don't want to have to read the first two and there's three left, or the first mm-hmm. three. They want, you know, if, if the series really interests them, they want to buy. Um, you know, the whole series. And I, I don't That's know. true, but I love getting those memos. When is your next one coming out? You're sure. telling me. You know, <laughs> I love getting those messages. Like, you know, what what's going to happen to this? What's going to happen to that? Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Yes, tell me I do want to know. You know, <laughs> it gets fun. But, you know, y- there's that balance between teasing and too long. Sure. You know, it's, right. you got to you got to gauge that for each series. That's yourself. true. That's true. I, I just, I just know that some, I've, I go to a lot of book events and uh, I have one, the fourth and last book in the Conquest of the Veil series, uh, which will be coming out sometime in April. I'm hoping that's my target. Yay. And uh, I, I. Good series. Right had a, yeah. I've had people tell me, well, I'm going to wait till you have all four books. Mm-hmm. So uh, not often, but I can understand that because if I was, investing that much time and emotional energy in a book i'd want to have the full set myself yeah which is why i didn't mind it when my husband said that so it's almost like my theories have changed from the three to six month split to giving them gulps like dropping one every few months till that series is done and then waiting and writing i did learn this as a pantser when i wrote the trilogy i wrote them one book at a time and published them one book at a time I don't do that anymore. And I learned that um, you can't change things that you change within the storyline. So, for example, the Sands of Time trilogy, I wrote it all at once before I even considered going through and publishing. And if I keep that theory going, then I can drop them every few months when there's a series itself. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Well, um, again, I think it works, depends on the proclivities of the writer mm -hmm. uh, and how their brain works. Obviously, your brain works different, CJ, than a lot of people and, and mine does <laughs> well. It, it, so. <laughs> it's a scary prospect going into my brain. I will own that fact. Not many people can operate with an ADD and an OCD yeah. brain proficiently, but, but I, I can. Yeah. <laughs> But I can test to a fact that you can do a lot of things and spin a lot of plates that a lot of people can't. So kudos for that. Well, thank uh, you. But, but your I, books are like hands down awesome. Like I said, I cannot wait for the fourth book to come out. Well, I appreciate that. I can't wait either because I'm ready to uh, get it done. Take a break. Uh, well, I hope you all learned something regarding planners versus pantsers. There's good and there's not so good with both sections of them. And it just depends on what you are enjoying to read. Either way, the, your favorite author is still your favorite author, no matter how they write. That's right. And as long as the story comes across and you are enjoying the journey of the story itself. So our next, next episode, starting season two, we're starting it early. So we're going to start having the season start in January. So season two starts on January 5th at 1 p.m. Central Time. Same time, same sandbox sort of stuff. We're going to be doing book reviews for the first for the first week of the year. And I have a really good one I had read and prepared for. And so I'm excited. And I'm excited to see what Mike's is to come up. But thank you guys for joining us. Um, in the meantime, have a blessed and happy and safe New Year's Eve out there. We'll see you all next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.